What is up, guys? We've got a new partner alert here at DNVR. We partnered with the Premier Dispensary for you guys to get smoking hot deals. That's right. Solace Meds is our new partner. They have four convenient Colorado locations, one in Fort Collins, Wheat Ridge, one off Broadway, and one just blocks away from the DNVR bar on East Colfax. Uh, the coolest thing about these guys right now is they are giving away a trip to Jamaica in the month of April. No BS. Head into one of their six locations. They also have two in Oklahoma City. And sign up to win a trip to Jamaica. They'll give you all the details on how to enter. Or you can visit solacemeds.com slash sweepstakes to find the rules. Or again, head into any location and ask one of their bud tenders how you can get in. Solace Meds makes your cannabis shopping experience a delight. You can head to their website, view their menu, order online. And pick it up at your convenience. Just head to solacemeds.com. That's S-O-L-A-C-E meds.com and purchase from there. The Chips of Jamaica is a seven-night all-inclusive trip to paradise. And again, Solace Med is located just blocks uh, away from the DNVR bar on East Colfax. Uh, There's also one off Broadway, Reet Ridge, and Fort Collins. When you make the purchase, be sure to use code DNVR20. For 20% off your entire purchase and get in on that trip to Jamaica where there's no purchase necessary, open to legal residents of Colorado, 21 or over, or if you're from Oklahoma, you just have to be 18, and 43021. And again, the official rules at solacemeds.com slash sweepstakes, void where prohibited. Number one for the one and only. Welcome in to the DNVR Broncos podcast presented by MSU Denver Online. Check out all they have to offer at msudenver.edu slash online. MSU Denver students work twice as many hours as students attending any other Colorado institution. So if you're looking to get your degree while keeping that full-time job, there's no better place to do it than at MSU Denver. And then maybe you get that degree, you get a better full-time job. It's all you know a nice little cycle that you can get rolling over at MSU Denver. So check them out. Uh, 45 plus online and hybrid programs, 750 total classes. Everything you need is over at msudenver.edu slash online. My boys, what's shaking? So pumped to be starting this week with you guys. And man, do we have a fun show today. And really, I mean, draft starts next week and the buzz is really going now. Yeah, it it is. uh, That was actually going to be the first question I was going to ask you guys is, where are we in draft season in terms of how much you read into what you're hearing? Because if you feel like we're in, if we've, if we've turned the corner to where you can actually start believing what you hear, well, then you're definitely going to be in the camp that the Broncos are, are looking at a quarterback. Mace, where do you think we are in, in the cycle? I think we're very, I think we're very close to the Broncos having their board set and, then saying, all right, 
are we comfortable with multiple quarterbacks? And if that's the case, we know that at least one of them will be there for do we move up now? Of course, we're going to get into what Woody Page posted on Saturday on the Denver Gazette. And after that, I retweeted Denver Gazette, kind of did some bullet points because, of course, it was behind a paywall. And then not long after, it was made very clear to me with a source with knowledge that even though the Broncos are in the mix to move up, that they have not placed the call as Woody Page asserted that. But it was, like I said, made very clear to me that, that moving up is a definite possibility. And I think kind of putting two and two together, reading team leaves a little bit. I think they're waiting for that final piece of the puzzle, which is Pat Shermer today up at the Fargo Dome in North Dakota, watching Trey Lance with his own eyes. Yeah. And so let's let's take a quick step back with, with that Woody Page article. He said the Broncos have made the call to Atlanta uh, about trading up to number four. And that right there is obviously huge. Then, of course, today you have Albert Breer coming out saying the Broncos are the sneaky team that has been, you know, big time in the quarterback market. We'll see if it manifests, I believe, is what Albert said exactly. Right. And now you have Pat Shermer in, uh, in Fargo checking out Trey Lance today. Yeah, and Abreer, just to clarify, said other teams view the Broncos as the sneaky team uh, mm. looking for a quarterback, which is, I think, a little bit more notable than just him saying it. Uh, a lot of people on Twitter responding to uh, me posting that saying, what is sneaky about the Broncos <laughs> being interested in a quarterback? They tried to trade for Matt Stafford. Um, you know, they've been at all the pro days, and I actually tend to agree with that sentiment. The Broncos haven't been all that sneaky uh, about their interest in the co- in, in upgrading at the quarterback position, whether you know that's the starter or the backup. Although they haven't done much work uh, on the backup where they could have, and you know as the um, news is just breaking here, uh, Alex Smith retiring from the NFL. So there's another one off the list of the veteran hedge, you know, backup uh, group. But Mace. You said this, and I think it it really is this big of a day for the Broncos. Pat Shermer was in uh, at Justin Fields' last pro day, you know, uh, really dialing in the Broncos' entire board of people who matter, um, getting a view at Justin Fields. Right after that, it felt like the QB steam started to pick up. So, you know, if you're reading the tea leaves there, you say, okay, he – approved of Justin Fields. He liked Justin Fields. And now you kind of have the last piece of the puzzle here as Pat Shermer goes to see Trey Lance. And I think it may really be as simple as if Pat Shermer comes back and says, I love that guy too. Mm -hmm. uh, Then the Broncos could be uh, starting to get to work on trying to make that move. Yeah, that's that's kind of the impression uh, that I've gotten. I think I really think uh, with Woody, I don't want to kind of uh, critique what he got, but it may, it's possible that maybe just it was a little bit of a kind of a wire cross technicality kind of thing. Whether did the Broncos call? Did they not? Did they not call? But there's definitely there's definitely interest there. There's definitely you're watching from Doug Valley. You can kind of see the smoke signals off in the distance a little bit. Uh, you're just waiting for whether it's going to be the white puff of smoke or the continue or the or the dark puffs, puffs of smoke. But uh, with Shermer going, I feel like kind of what I've gathered here is that they that it's it's Lance and Fields that they they like them both but this is sort of the kind of the, the final like i said the final piece this is seeing the guy in person seeing what his body language is seeing how 
responsive he is to coaching, just seeing kind of what his demeanor is, of course, because these one of the things of these second pro days that we're seeing with Justin Fields and uh, Trey Lance is uh, you've got uh, teams that are saying, okay, uh, you know, hey, can you uh, can you roll right? Can you roll left? You know, doing some specific things that maybe uh, weren't on the initial pro day, and then also just kind of getting getting a feel for a little bit of what the guy is like. I mean, they've talked they've talked with these guys over Zoom. They've watched all the film. Uh, the, I, I really think this is probably just kind of sliding that final piece into the puzzle. And I would be shocked if they came, if, if Pat Shermer came out with anything, but yeah, I liked this guy. I still like this guy. And if we like both fields and Lance, let's go ahead and get up to four. If we can get a deal done, because then we know we'll be happy with either. To me, guys, the Broncos are at the point where, what are we doing? Are you really waiting on Pat Shermer to sign off on this? Because if Pat Shermer is the guy that pauses this, well, then what's George Payton doing? George Payton is the general manager, and we're talking about the offensive court. Now, I get just waiting for a sign-off, but... Pat Shermer should not change George Payton's plans when it comes to the quarterback. Pat Shermer is, you know, essentially on a one-year deal right now, see, seeing if if he can succeed this year with Vic Fangio, just like Vic Fangio is kind of on a one-year deal under Pat Sher- or under George Payton right now. If George Payton signs off on Trey Lance and Justin Fields, then you got to make the call. And clearly the Broncos have been in the quarterback conversation, which means that they don't really believe in Drew Locke. Because if you believed in Drew Locke, you're not looking to trade a first-round pick for Matthew Stafford. You're you're not in all of these quarterback conversations that we're talking about. And you're not thinking about drafting a quarterback in the first round. So now that you're at this point and another guy of Alex Smith is off the board, now you have to do something with draft capital to get a quarterback. Whether you're drafting a quarterback in the first round or whether you're trading capital for a Teddy Bridgewater or a Gardner Minshew. Draft capital is going to be involved in getting your next quarterback. So if you're at this point, what are you doing? The, the Broncos have already made up their mind. And, and to it, to me, it seems very clear that Pat Shermer wants a huge upgrade at quarterback. He doesn't want competition. He wants a replacement with a first-round quarterback. So it, Pat Shermer, it really, whatever he says, guys, it really shouldn't change the way that George Payton's feeling right now. Well, do you think that Pat Shermer should have changed the way George Payton approached the running back position? Um, no, I, I, I don't think he should have, but I mean, clearly you're right, but we're also talking about a, a guy that it wasn't just Pat Shermer hasn't believed in John Elway didn't believe in, in Philip Lindsay last year. There's a lot of people in that organization that weren't willing to commit a big time to Philip Lindsay. And so we're talking about a second third string running back and the way they viewed him guys, um, as opposed to your starting quarterback, very different right there. Yeah, I just think it's a symbol that, you know, um, George Payton is kind of using a top-down approach to the decision uh, to the decisions that they're making. You know, he wants all opinions. Now, uh, I'm with you in the sense that if George Payton absolutely adores Trey Lance and Pat Shermer comes back and he's like, eh, I, you know, not my kind of guy. Um, well, now you're in a weird position, um, but – it should not make the decision for you because, you know, uh, drafting a quarterback in the top 10, in this case, number four overall, which correct me if I'm wrong, Mace would be the highest the Denver Broncos have ever drafted a quarterback in their history. Um, that yeah. is a 10 to 15 year move 
whereas Pat Shermer could really be the offensive coordinator for one more year. So right, right. Co- coaches are hired to be fired, guys. <laughs> yeah, and, and I, I get what you guys are saying, but at the same time, you also don't want to you don't want to sabotage this year, and you don't you, you don't want to uh, have have things uh, get too screwed up, guys. I, I'm saying that, but I would really be surprised if Pat Shermer doesn't come out of seeing Trey Lance in person saying, yeah, I can coach that guy. And that, that I, mean, I think yeah. that's kind of the key thing here because you know, for one thing, you know, we know about Trey Lance. He's got a, He's got an outstanding football mind. Uh, one thing that we've, we've seen just in how quickly he developed and got on radars um, working under Randy Hedberg, who's one of the best QB tutors you're going to find anywhere is that um, he is very coachable. So I'd be, I'd be surprised if there's anything other than, yeah, I can. If if we bring in this guy, I can work with him, and then it's and then it's a matter of deciding. Okay, what is the price tag you're willing to pay? Because going up to four does, even though we've probably all done the Pro Football Network, Pro Football Focus mock draft simulators, and we've done the trades, but the reality is going up to four. Even though the Broncos don't want to do it, it probably means sacrificing your first round pick in 2022. It has to, especially yeah. because if if many teams or other teams around the league view the Broncos as a sneaky, quarterback-hungry team like Albert Breer said, then the Falcons aren't going to say, you know what, we're willing to work out a little discount for the Broncos because we like, no, no, they're not going to give any discounts. They're going to say the Broncos are desperate right now. And you know what? They love the news. The Falcons love the news that Alex Smith just retired because the options for the Broncos are getting smaller and smaller. And they're zeroing in on that number four pick right now. So the Falcons are, are absolutely going to demand a first round pick. I saw something that the Denver Broncos, uh, that their staff put together some, what, what they think they're going to do. And there was a, trade package that was suggested where the Broncos went from nine to four and gave up like a second and a third. I think that's crazy. I, I think we're yeah. talking at least a first. We may be talking a first uh, at next year's first and next year's second in order to do that. So uh, you're, you're going to have to be willing to give up a lot. But guys, that's not that much in the grand scheme of things if we're talking just two first round picks in order to move up to get a guy that you love and if you love Justin Fields and Trey Lance what are you waiting for secure that number four pick right now I completely agree um the question is like how much do you love each guy because you know um Mace only has one kid, but, uh, you know, as much as parents tell you they love all their children equally, not possible. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you have to love one more than the other. Uh, there's no the way, way you look- The way you say oh. that, Ryan, I assume that you are your, your parents' favorite. Oh, absolutely. Um, <laughs> I- I'm picturing this scene in The Crown where uh, Queen Elizabeth and Prince Philip are, are basically, she's denying that she has a favorite child. He's like, no, everyone knows who your favorite child is. <laughs> exactly. So uh, the Broncos have a favorite child. Yes. Here. You can't look and just say, we love them both the exact same. It's just, there's just no way. Um, so the question really is, is how much do you love the second one? Um, and is that enough to, you know, give up as much future capital as you're going to have to give? Uh, and again, are you waiting till draft day to do this? Or are you truly saying, you know, we're, we scale this out of 100. We've got uh, Justin Fields as a 96 and Trey Lance as a 94 or whatever it is. You know, like we like we want them bad regardless of who it is. Uh, and if that's the case, then. If Pat Shermer comes back today and says, I love him, I love them both, 
they're both, you know, uh, uh, very high on my scale. I like them both more than Drew Locke. Well, then you should be, you know, you should try to trade up to four by the end of the day or whatever. You know, there's no reason to hesitate. And isn't it very clear how the Broncos view these two guys, uh, depending on when they make this trade, if they make this trade, if they love them both, then they, they do the trade today. If they only love one, then you do wait till Atlanta's on the clock or you really, really, really try to get some intel. Maybe, you, I don't know, may, maybe you trade uh, who's like a backup to to San Francisco in order to get the intel on what's going to happen at three. And that is a bit an advantage that the Broncos have is their very good relationship with the San Francisco 49ers. And look, we see John Elway's in some of those draft meetings, maybe all of them. So he's still dialed in. Well, he's just as dialed in to the San Francisco 49ers as anyone else outside of their building. So that's a great way to get intel. And OPMG comes in in the comment section and, and is joking a bit, but there's some serious to it. He says, trade Drew to Atlanta to move up and get fields there I fixed it well obviously you're not going to do the nine and Drew to move up there but couldn't Drew be a nice piece I mean if the Falcons want a young quarterback and if they're okay with it not being a Trey Lance or someone this year isn't Drew actually uh make a lot of sense in that because if you're drafting a quarterback for the Broncos Drew's not in your future it's okay to move on probably best for both sides including Drew to move on and then Atlanta gets their young quarterback a guy that they can develop so instead of maybe a first and a second maybe you're doing a first a fifth and Drew that makes it that much easier to digest if you're the Broncos especially George Payton if they like him but the problem is the Falcons may be like well if you're going to give us a second round pick we like Kellen Mond more Right. And that's the thing that com- that comes into play. We don't. It, it may well be that if they draft a quarterback, that uh, if the Broncos decide, okay, Drew Locke is not the guy to partner with him, that it ends up being a, a separate deal. And frankly, the other thing that I think comes into play here is if we're talking about Justin Fields or Trey Lance, the needs might be different. Whereas you know, Justin Fields, I think we can all agree, is probably more ready to go early. And so maybe you don't necessarily need uh, that that guy who's sort of a quasi coach there who's uh, leading who, who's kind of leading the way. It's one reason why if Trey Lance if Trey if if Trey Lance had been is the guy, Alex Smith would have made a lot of sense. But of course now he's now he's retired. So if Trey Lance is the guy you're bringing, you probably need to add a veteran because I'm not sure Drew Locke is the guy that's going to kind of uh, point the way because Drew's still learning as well. Justin Justin Fields, on the other hand, more ready to go. Probably you can ride with Drew Locke and have a real, I think, what would be a really fun competition between Drew Locke and Justin Fields. It maybe resembles the old uh, uh, Drew Brees, Philip Rivers dynamic back in San Diego. So, uh, Maze, you think that you think it would be a competition between those two? I, I, I think they may put it as a competition in order just to not give the job to a rookie, but I don't think at the end of the day it would be much of a competition. I wouldn't at all be surprised if Drew Locke starts week one. I will agree with Woody Page on that, that if, if they're uh-huh. there, that if Drew is the starter, I don't immediately. But the leash would be short, and, you know, that's where you find out, okay, is pressure going to make a diamond here? And if pressure does make a diamond in Drew Locke, then, hey, so much the better. You got two young quarterbacks you're excited about, and you eventually trade the surplus. couple questions I have for you guys. One, shouldn't we also be talking about Mac Jones? Because if, if it's a Lance or Field situation, that means we're talking about, okay, if the Niners take Fields. Well, in that case, then it comes down to a Lance or Mac Jones situation. Zach, I know – 
you're super high on Max. Shouldn't he also be in this conversation? Absolutely. He he absolutely should be, guys. And right now, he may be my number two quarterback uh, on the board, all, all kidding aside. And this is a guy that if you, if you want an immediate upgrade right now, boom, you got one. If you want a guy that can do anything the coaches ask from a mental standpoint, boom, there you go. We just heard, as much as I love him, we've just heard zero buzz with the Broncos surrounding yeah. Mac Jones. So, so it's, it's just hard to think that they've been keeping this so quiet when we know uh, that there's a lot of buzz on Justin Fields. Now there's some buzz on Trey Lance. It's just, there's been zero buzz. So as much as I want to talk about Mac, it, there's just nothing that would lead us to believe that the Broncos have any of that. Yeah, and there's not the same in-person commitment to seeing them in person and making Zero. sure all eyes have been on Mac Jones the way we saw all eyes on Justin Fields and now all eyes on Trey Lance. I mean, that's why it would be a surprise now. The thing that you have is you have a former Alabama quarterback and coach in your building uh, in Mike Shula who probably is able to get all the information and that you need on Mac Jones. But uh, at the same time, the fact that you haven't had the same level of commitment to seeing in person probably says a lot about what the Broncos are thinking. Okay. Last thing here is I want your guys' take on it. I know that I think, well, okay. I will just, I don't, instead of assuming, I'll just ask you, would you guys trade up for either Lance or fields? Yes. Like, are you cool with just saying yeah. whatever one falls to us? We want in a heartbeat. Yep. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, which one's your favorite fields? Mm -hmm. It's I, I, just because fields is more ready to go right now. And with Trey Lance, I feel like the the incubation, if you're going to do it right, is a year, maybe two years. I kind of when I, I see Trey Lance and I think, OK, what's the best thing for him uh, going from FCS to the NFL? I think back to Steve McNair in the mid 1990s when he got in for a couple of games late in his rookie season, three games late in his second year and then was ready to go as the starter in year three, you might be looking at that sort of development. Maybe you kind of trim that second year off and you're saying, okay, he's ready to go in 2022. But with a team that has a lot of things in place to have a good season and maybe get back to the playoffs right now, I think fields might be able to help you out in that regard sooner. And the thing is, does possess a lot of the same upside that, that Trey Lance does. I also think there's less bus potential uh, with Justin Fields and Trey Lance because he has more experience as a starter. I really like them both. I'd be really happy with both. But for me, it's Fields over Lance. Well, Mace, you, you're 100% right. The Justin Fields will be better for this team right now. But it's pretty short-sighted. If you're going to, especially if you're going to trade up for a quarterback to go with the guy that gives you the best chance to win this year. And and what are we talking about with the Broncos? We're talking about a team that if they get average quarterback play, which you can absolutely get from a rookie in 2021. If you get that, you can make the playoffs. I don't think any of us are talking about a Super Bowl contender this year. So I look at the guy that, that I think can be the best option for the Broncos for 10, 15, 20 years with the way Bron with the way that the NFL quarterbacks are playing right now. And I'm going Trey Lance and the, the, I, I love both of them, but there's one thing that absolutely scares me so much with Justin Fields. And that's what everyone says. And, and you can see it when you watch is potential slow processing. That's, that's the biggest knock on Justin Fields. That is so scary when, when a guy has that concern with him in college and what does everyone talk about? The jump from college to the NFL. It's so much faster. He's a slow processor in college. That that so that that's what really scares me. And with Trey guys, 
I say it all the time. He has the Patrick Mahomes tools. He has everything that you want, including the mind. And guys, that's why I love Mac Jones is because he has the mind. Well, from everything we've heard, Trey Lance has the mind as well. So you get Trey Lance with the mind plus all of the physical attributes that I, I absolutely love him. But Mace is right that right now for the Broncos, Justin Fields is a better fit, not just for the offense, but organizationally. But I'm not going to let the awkward one or two year fit uh, change who I'm picking for a 15 year move right now. Now it would be awkward for what do you do? Does drew lock start? Is that really the, the mentor? Now you can't get Alex Smith. You're probably trading for Teddy bridge. It, it, it is a weird situation at first, but I'm not going to let that change my perspective on, on a big time move. Yeah. Um, I, I said this the other day. I go back and forth on this a lot. I, uh, I said it on Broncos Country tonight. And uh, shout out to Mile High Report, who did a whole write-up on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I think I'm, as we move closer to the draft, I think I'm really sliding on the, on the Lance scale uh, towards Trey Lance. Um, he is so intriguing to me. And, and I think what can be potentially his biggest knock ends up being one of my favorite things about him to me almost is a little bit of like a positive tiebreaker, which is just how much is untapped. Um, you know, he's, he's really fresh, uh, in, in this whole thing. And, and there's a chance that when he gets sped up and when he has to do all these things, he comes back a little bit. There's also a chance that when he gets world-class coaching, uh, all those tools that you mentioned, Zach, just blossom into something, you know, that people just qu- can't quite see just yet. Um, and then the last thing for me <clears throat> is while Justin Fields is also an incredible athlete, Trey Lance uses his athleticism to his advantage a lot more. And while I am very worried about the patience or lack thereof that exists in Broncos country with quarterbacks and how Trey Lance is going to take a little while to develop, I think that it will help buy him some time when the, some he doesn't see his third read, he takes off and, you know, gets 30 yards and juke someone and stiff arm someone as he's going out of bounds. Like he has that going for him. Uh, and I think you go back and you watch Josh Allen, who, you know, he's playing at Wyoming, which is definitely a step uh, above North Dakota State, although I think North Dakota State could probably beat them. But in terms of the teams <laughs> yeah. that they play, um, it's, a, it's a step up in terms of level of competition. But he got there and he was he had a lot to learn. Um, and as he was figuring out, he used his, you know, uh, extreme athleticism to survive, uh, and to keep fans, you know, uh, away from his throat for a little while. So I think that Trey Lance can do that. The last thing I'll say, there's a lot of George Payton connections with Trey Lance that just might, you know, move him up a little bit. And said, this is a kid who's from Minnesota, where which is where George Payton's been for the last however many years. Uh, obviously playing right there in North Dakota, which is in the backyard. Um, he also has, like, you know, we talked a, a little bit about the Trevor Lawrence. Um, I don't know what you want to call it. It actually ended up getting overblown after I said it was underblown. <laughs> um, but, you know, he talked about how he uh, like doesn't have a chip on his shoulder. And whether you think, you know, that's a terrible thing for – Trevor Lawrence or not Trey Lance absolutely has a chip on his shoulder you know this is a kid who dreamed of playing quarterback at Minnesota and they told him you know we'd rather have you at wide receiver or whatever it was um and so he went to North Dakota to prove it and he absolutely did you know he proved that he can do it so he's gonna come in uh and and be and have a different level 
uh, of attack to it than than maybe even Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, and I think another thing also, uh, I, I don't want to denigrate Trevor Lawrence's uh, work ethic because I, I I do think that way too much was made uh, of that story. But um, you know, Trey is uh, noted for his study habits. And it's also one thing that we've heard about. We've learned about uh, Justin Fields as well as both. Both it's funny with Fields, the illumination happened when there was some critique of that, and everything that I've gathered is that it's anything but the case with Justin Fields. Both these guys are diligent. Both these guys are smart. Both of these guys also, we talk about their running, but they they want to win from the pocket. And that's another thing. Like that, that's why when the the Cam Newton comp came up for Justin Fields, like the smaller Cam Newton, I'm like, uh, you know, Cam wanted to w- wanted to win with his legs as much as from the pocket, but Justin wants to win from the pocket, and Trey Lance wants to win from the pocket. And in that regard, these guys are more like Russell Wilson than say Cam Newton or Steve Young to go way back. I mean, Steve was just running all over the place back in the day. These guys want to beat you with their arm first, and then the legs are the second option. And and that's that's the modern day NFL quarterback guys is that the guys that have the ability to run but it it's not a true run first type of quarterback and that that's why some people are skeptical of Mac Jones is because he doesn't have that ability and that's why he could go 3 but if he doesn't go 3 how far does he fall I still think he's going to be a top 15 pick um but I I wouldn't be surprised or I would be surprised if teams other than San Francisco are trading up into the top five in order to get Mac Jones because he doesn't have that skill set that's so enticing for teams right now. And even though I like Trey, Trey more than Justin, I'm still going up and getting Justin Fields. And I would not be shocked one bit if the San Francisco 49ers get Trey Lance and the 49ers are a perfect place for him where the Broncos don't make a lot of sense organizationally right now for Trey Lance. The 49ers make so much sense because if Trey Lance comes in, balls out easy. He's a starter. Jimmy Garoppolo is a backup. You can trade him at Garoppolo if you want. If he needs time, like a year or two, perfect. You have Jimmy Garoppolo right there. It's a perfect situation for them. And that's why when the trade was immediately made, I thought it was for Trey Lance and Ryan. I'm going to, I'm going to do what you do and stick by those uh, of your immediate feel after. And I just, it makes so much sense for them. So then you have to love Justin Fields as well. I do as well. So move up to four. Yeah. A lot of people in the comments talking about Drew Locke. Drew's just not the conversation today. Um, But I mean, you know, I've, I've made my feelings on Drew, uh, you know, clear on this. I, I, if if the Broncos decide to roll forward with him, I will believe that Drew Locke has what it takes to make that jump. It just, if we're being completely honest here, it just doesn't feel like the Broncos are going to do that. It doesn't feel like yeah. they believe in him to do that. And so that's why the conversation is where it is today. Well, I mean, we, we have actions, not words. And I mean, even though they didn't make a deal for Matthew Stafford, I mean, you can't overlook the fact that, Within the first fortnight of George Payton being on the job, he was inquiring about and making an offer about Matthew Stafford, and then uh, they've they they kicked the tires on uh, on Sam Darnold on, on an offer, and they've been to these pro days. I mean, that doesn't look to me like a team that is happy with the state of its quarterback room. No, it, it, you're, yeah. you're, you're exactly right. And so the question is just going to be whether the Broncos can get their guy, because I think if, if we're talking about one of these guys falling to nine, 
I think it's easy, right? And and now I so the question is, are the Broncos going to roll the dice with that? But I think that they want a big time upgrade. It's just whether or not it works out, especially with George Payton being a little gun shy and, and getting rid of draft picks uh, in, in order to get a guy right now. And I think a great question comes in from background. He says, are you willing to move three ones to move up to four? No. And and you shouldn't have to because it was a th- it was three ones including the one this year to move up from twelve to three. Well, you're moving instead of moving up nine slots, you're moving up five slots. And so, if if that's what the Falcons are demanding, you're saying you're saying okay, uh, that's too rich for the for the blood, and we're probably having to just kind of see how wait and see how the draft falls, and uh, and maybe Cincinnati is open to dealing at five. Although it sounds like, uh, by all accounts, they are really high on Jamar Chase and want to stand pat at number five and take Jamar Chase, and which then case the conversation will move to Miami, and uh, with Miami, it well depend may well depend on what the Falcons do and uh, whether Kyle Pitts is off the board or not. So, yeah. yeah. Three ones is just it's it's too much and it's unreasonable because you should basically look at the 49ers deal to move up from from 12 to three and cut it approximately in half. And that's a fair offer. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of the way I look at it. Not to mention you have to acknowledge that you're trading up for the fourth quarterback. Well, I think Trey Lance might be as high as two for me. Um, you know, it is still the fourth quarterback that has to make the quarterback premium that we always talk about when you're trading up, go down a little bit. If you were trading up to number two for the second quarterback on the board, well, then you really have to pay. Um, but I think that, you know, you, you, you shouldn't have to give up three ones and you shouldn't give up three ones. And background says, but the Patriots may give up three ones. And that's because they would be going from 15 to four. So, I mean, the the Falcons would have to be okay with going back so much more in order to get a bigger return. So it's not the exact same. What what I could see happening and what, what would be a huge haul for the Falcons is this year's first, next year's first, this year's second and next year's second. And that would be a huge haul for the Falcons to get to just move back five spots. Guys, if that's it. So we're talking about two first, two seconds. Are you doing it? If you love the guy, yes. Mm-hmm. Yep, if yep. And, and, and I agree. I mean, really, the big thing is the first. And how many ones are you talking about? If you're talking about two, including this year, really anything else that you're throwing in to me is just that it's a, okay, that that's going to do it for you. Two, two seconds. Okay. Make the deal happen. Yeah. Again. And it comes back to, do you love the prospect? If you love the prospect and and you could maybe even make the case, if you love them enough and they say it's three ones or nothing, well then maybe you just make the deal. You should be focused. You know, I know George Payton wants to hold on to his draft capital. He wants to draft, you know, he wants to build this thing through the draft. You should be focused on having worse draft picks, not holding on to your draft picks. Yeah. Uh, and, and if you have to make a move uh, to to make your draft picks worse um, to, and give up some of those draft picks, that's okay. Yeah, I mean, you, you look at the at trading next year's pick, and, and maybe you don't want to do the, trade the first or second round pick for next year, but also you say, well – Look at this team. Look at the roster that is together. And, of course, we see on the uh, the video the Broncos pumped out that John Elway, at least for one meeting, has been in that room. So you have a, it, it, if this team is close, you have an idea of what it, it might be able to do. It's close. It has a softer schedule. It's fair to expect 
nine to 11 wins and being right there talking about being in the playoffs. And thus that means you are picking 19, 20, 21, 22. And then that deal becomes palatable. And the other thing, everyone drinks. I'm about to talk about a cost control quarterback because if you do have the cost control quarterback, then that means you have a lot of money that you can save next year going to the offseason. And then your draft effectively becomes re-signing Cortland, getting Bradley Chubb his long-term deal, re-signing an Alexander Johnson, maybe even going bring back Kareem Jackson for another season. Maybe bring back Kyle Fuller on a three-year deal. That becomes your draft, and you can afford to do that if you are going into year two of five years of cost control with a guy that you drafted this year, quarterback. That's such and a great point. And something that George Payton could very easily fall in love with as he's watching the tape of oh. all those guys that you mentioned. Oh my god. And you'll gosh. still have John Elway on your staff in one year for next free agency. You tap into that and let him do some work as well. Okay. Last question I want to ask you guys on this. There's a chance and a legitimate chance in my mind that Atlanta says we love Kyle Pitts so much. We don't care. We're just, we need to make sure we get Kyle Pitts. The same thing could go for Cincinnati, where they're saying, look, we know that these trade back offers are great, but we just don't love anyone at nine the way that we love Jamar Chase. We're afraid he's not going to be there. Or heck, maybe it's Panay Sewell, whoever it is. So at what point do you get to a place where you're saying, okay, now there's a spot there? Is it Detroit at seven, yeah. where you're saying, okay, we just have to get in front of Carolina? Because mm-hmm. that might be my new favorite best-case scenario is Atlanta says, we're not giving up Kyle Pitts. Cincinnati says, we're not giving up Jamar Chase. Miami says, we're not giving up Devontae Smith. And now mm-hmm. you just have to move up two spots. Oh, well, and, and that, that, that's yeah. huge. And, and, and you're trading a second-round pick if you do that. And also, that number seven is kind of where the Patriots start to come in. Because I don't necessarily see the Falcons wanting to go from four to 15 and or the Patriots willing to give up three first round picks in order to do that. So I think when you get to seven is when other teams in the back half of the draft start making sense in order to move up. So you're not just competing with Carolina, you're competing with those teams, but heck if you're the, if you're the uh, Detroit lions and you only have to move back two spots and you can get a second, maybe even squeeze a second and a third out of the Broncos to move back two spots and still get your guy. Then I think that's just a sweet spot for both teams to be in right Right there, and then it's the best case scenario because sure, the Broncos have to give up a second, maybe uh, two day two picks. There, that doesn't matter. Is you're keeping your first round picks in order to get it? Absolutely, you do that, and then you may still have your pick of either of those quarterbacks if Mac Jones is the one to go at three. Yeah, and, and that. Well, kind well, of, well, I know. I, I would actually also say this, even though I know we kind of wrote off Miami there. One thing that we have seen with Miami with this administration in the last few years is they have been more than willing to make trade after trade after trade, go up, go back, go back down. That that is a spot where I think if if the Falcons and Bengals say we love Pitts, we love Chase, I think the trade happens at six with Miami, and that's probably where maybe with Miami you're talking about a second, a second, and maybe like a day three, but maybe like a second and a four to move up to. To, to number six, you get to Detroit, you might be talking about two threes. You might not even be talking about a second round pick, perhaps. Yeah. It's this really is, palatable. This could get really stressful for the Broncos. I mean, especially if there's two guys there. You're trying to figure out, okay, who's trying to jump us? Who's their guy? Who's mm-hmm. our guy? You know, like, um, that would be a very – because there's a chance that, hey, 
maybe um, Carolina loves Justin Fields. So they jump all the way up to six to get Justin Fields. Well, now you're looking, okay, now it's just Detroit um, and Miami in front of us. So, like, we can just let it fall. Now we can let it fall to us. Yeah, don't the other thing, do yeah. that. Don't well, roll the dice. Don't do it. Still I'm just make saying a what, trade. Well, what could happen. Yeah. Yep. The other thing also, if you deal with Atlanta, you are dealing with a team that has a significant cap crunch right now and uh, looking to save w- dollars wherever they can find. Going from four to nine for Atlanta would would save some coin for them, and because oh, they man. they are they are in dire cap straits right now. Of course, the Matt Ryan contract is going to continue to be an issue in twenty twenty two. So, any relief that you can get give them for a team that I mean, I think they've got fifty two guys on their roster right now because they've been unable to do anything in free agency because of where they stand cap wise. So they. They need dudes. They need picks. They they and it wouldn't at all surprise me, guys, if you deal with Atlanta and they go from four to nine and then they go down again from nine mm. because they've got that they've they've got spots to fill that they haven't been able to, to take care of in free agency because of their cap situation. So that's one reason. That's one reason why, even though they may love Kyle Pitts, there may be some fire to the smoke about them moving down because it could be a roster necessity. What a, that would be such such a terrible move for them to do that for cap purposes. Wow. They, they still extract a lot. They can go ahead and, and they can get an awful lot because like we've mentioned, the Patriots are going to be in the chat at some point, perhaps looking for a quarterback. And also uh, don't rule out Washington. Don't rule out Chicago either as teams that can get into that mix. But the Broncos with that number nine pick have the single best asset of any of those teams in a move up. Right, because of course they're not going to do it with Carolina. Oh yeah, that's. I think we're pretty safe in saying they're not. They're not going to do anything to give a division rival a quarterback of the future, and, and, and unless unless Terry Fontenot has gotten really dumb in the last few months, and I don't think he has. He's a smart guy. He's not going to make that kind of deal. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, I agree with DD in the comments here. Who says as it stands now. This is going to be a fun draft. And, uh, you know, today I woke up as excited as excited for this draft uh, as I have been yet. It's really starting to the, – the hype is starting to build for me, which is great. Um, if, you, if you enjoyed uh, the pod, hit us with a like, uh, subscribe. You can sign up for alerts. There's all different ways uh, to join here. Um, and, of course, we appreciate you guys for tuning into this. And if you want to hear the rest of the podcast – uh, find us anywhere you listen to podcasts. We've got plenty more content coming over there. And if you want your comments read, you can, of course, always leave them on the podcast if you're a DNVR member. So for now, that wraps it up for the live portion. We'll talk to you guys later. All right, guys, I told you we had a new partner before the show, and we've got another at least return of a partner. We got Illegal Pete's back, and we're so <laughs> pumped to have them on board again. As you guys know, the pandemic shut down lots of restaurants, and Illegal Pete's was one of them. But they've been back in action for a while now, and they're back in action on the DNVR Podcast Network. We couldn't be happier to promote them. Uh, there's a lot of great things happening uh, at, uh, at all six Illegal Pete's locations in the Denver area right now. Um, and that includes an ongoing promotion at all locations that offers a free uh, a free draft beer or house marg with purchase of an adult entree when the guest shows the same day ticket to any event. In the past, 
our Lodo location has crushed it with this promo. Uh, so make sure you check out the logo, the Lodo location and, uh, and use your tickets uh, to get yourself that deal. Uh, but there's so much more at illegal pizza. And I got to say guys, uh, you know, illegal pizza is the like for me when I'm just like, Oh man, I'm craving a burrito. Uh, for me, it's right down the street. Perfect scooter distance from my house. Um, I personally love that they have an option to include potatoes in there. Just takes your, uh, takes your burrito to the next level. So uh, check them out. Make sure you head down to Illegal Pete's uh, and support them. We could not be happier to have them on board with us. Oh, we cannot be happy. Guys, I love Illegal Pete's. Not only their queso, but their fish tacos. You guys got to have. I mean, these things are fantastic. I would have never got fish tacos at Illegal Pete's if I wasn't turned on to them. And they are fantastic. It is my go-to now. And also, my go-to every morning, Strava Craft Coffee. They never let me down. But you've been letting us down. You've been letting one of our longest partners down because one of our most loyalist partners, Strava Craft Coffee, has not felt the love lately, so they have upped the offer to get you in and get you some delicious Strava Craft Coffee. They have a new code DNVR25, which will get you 25% off your first purchase. And if you've used the magical code DNVR20 before to get 20% off, well, you can use the magical code DNVR25 again to get 25% off. Not only is it delicious coffee, but you get all the benefits of CBD. It helps relieve aches, pains, headaches, migraines, anything that's going on, the CBD helps relieve, including the coffee jitters. A lot of people say that the CBD counteracts the coffee jitters so they can have as many cups as they want and never feel too hyped on the caffeine. That's what you're looking for. So make sure to check them out. Use the magical code DNVR25 for 25% off your first order of Strava Craft Coffee. Then once you fall in love with it, subscribe to them and you'll save 20% on every single order after that. And you can even have it where it delivers straight to your door every two, four, six, or eight weeks. You don't have to go in and order it. You'll get the 20% off every time and delicious coffee shows up at your door. What's better than that? And of course, if you want to try one cup, head down to the DNVR bar and you can get it on cold brew where it is absolutely delicious. So that's what you do. First, try a cup at the DNVR bar. Once you like it, go and order yourself a batch from Strava Craft Coffee. Use the magical code DNVR25 for, for 25% off. Then once you're really in love, subscribe to them and save 20% off every order. Speaking of magical codes, there's a magical code, of course, from our friends over at Hassle Cattle Company. That's DNVR10 for 10% off your order of course Hassel cattle company is bringing you damn good beef and guess what we've talked to you about ordering Hassel cattle company at, at their website hasslecattlecompany.com that's h-a-s-s-e-l-l cattlecompany.com but also you can get that blue collar wagyu beef at the dnvr bar so come on down build your own delicious Hassel cattle company wagyu beef burger get all the toppings you want and enjoy the watch parties with the finest beef although I can tell you that the Hassel Cattle Company beef is so good. You may not want a lot of toppings. You may want to just do it the way I do when I grill it at home, which is literally the patty, the bun, maybe a slice of cheese, and that's it. That's all you're going to need. That's how good that blue-collar Wagyu is from Hassel Cattle Company. Of course, it's a fourth-generation cattle farm out of Texas. Ships all over the USA straight to your door. And they call their beef the blue-collar Wagyu because it's the best damn Wagyu that every man or woman can afford. They take their registered bulls, breed them with Angus cows, which yields that very high prime product grown with zero 
antibiotics, and hormones. You can get New York strip, beef bacon, smoked sausage, franks with no fillers, and two kinds of jerky flavors, original and sweet and spicy. So you want to get some of that at home? Use that magical code DNVR10 at HasselCattleCompany.com. That's H-A-S-S-E-L-L CattleCompany.com. You'll get 10% off. If you want to take your discount to the next level, get to $200 and you're going to get free shipping. So remember, DNVR10 for 10% off or $200 free shipping. You've got room in your freezer. Just go ahead, get some extra beef, get some extra strips, New York strips. And you know what? On that day when you're saying, I've got nothing to eat, you may think you have nothing to eat, but that will not be the case because you look in your freezer and you'll see some of that ground beef or those New York strips from Hassel Cattle Company. Then you just throw them on the grill and you've got a phenomenal meal. So check out HasselCattleCompany.com, H-A-S-S-E-L-L CattleCompany.com, and check out the Wagyu Beef, the blue-collar Wagyu Beef Burger at the DNVR Bar from our friends over at Hassel Cattle Company. Guys, um, I haven't had it yet. Well, I've had the Hassel Cattle Company burger at my house. I haven't yeah. had it made from my guy Ricky at the DNVR bar. Uh, so I'm I'm getting it today. I have to get you, that today. You should. And I, But the thing is, I'm not sure how much you need to put on it. I think uh, the, the beef is so good that it's kind of a it's going to be kind of a minimalist thing for me. I say cheese, maybe like a slice of onion, maybe a tomato. That's yep. probably it because the and, beef is that good. And the buns at the DNVR bar are so good. You get them like rolled in the butter and then toasted on the griddle. What are we doing here? I mean, it's not even 11. You got me craving a fat, juicy burger right now. You're killing me. <laughs> Dude, I'm with you. All right, let's yes. get into the comments here. The first question comes from the Chad, who says, not really a question for the pod, but what is the red zone and where would I find it? Thanks, guys. Also, the, <laughs> some people call me the Space Cowboy response that says, the Denver Broncos watching the answer to this question. Oh, he beat me to the punch. Although I, I thought about put, responding over the weekend. I'm like, oh, we'll, we'll just wait for the, we'll wait for the, the actual podcast. But that was my first reaction that, uh, yeah, being a smart ass and saying, yeah, the Broncos red zone. What's that? What's that? Yeah, you, you guys are mean. <laughs> You're cruel. I think that also might have been the joke that Chad was making in the first place. Like, as a Broncos uh, yeah. fan, he doesn't know where the red zone is. Um, <laughs> maybe not. If if you haven't been tuning in on Fridays uh, to Three Ring Circus, you're missing out. Now, I would highly recommend catching it on YouTube. So, you know, pick a day on the weekend where you got some time. Use your smart TV or maybe you just use your Xbox to pull up YouTube on the screen pull it up uh and i highly recommend watching this latest one it's evergreen uh for now at least um with melvin gordon as our guest it was super super fun he was really really cool we got some funny intel out of him about some of his teammates that i think you guys will enjoy so go on there and and watch uh three ring circus and that's where the red zone exists which is where we bring in a dnvr member uh and see if they can beat us in a broncos trivia challenge we've still yet to have someone uh get past the final boss mace um but some people have put up some very uh very valiant efforts so if you want to get in uh just shoot us a dm in one way or another i know this week is already spoken for um and i believe someone messaged me about like the week of the 31st or something like that um so you know spots are starting to fill up again it was hard there for a second but then i challenged you guys and said you're soft for not taking us on and now people are back <laughs> 
People are back, and yeah, we, we got a little waiting list yeah. going on, but the chat, if you want to get in, why don't you either drop us an email, Zach at ddnvr.com, or you can, of course, hit us up on Twitter. That's where we've been getting, getting hit up, and the wait list has grown, so we'd love to see you in there, the chat. Let, let's take Mace down. Hey. <laughs> All right, Speak for comes. yourself there. <laughs> Farm or Minshew? Fellas, as much as we're all hoping for the Broncos to trade up to four or five for a quarterback, I think Peyton is going to play it smart and see who falls to four or five on draft day. Mock it or not, I'm pretty sure the first four picks will be Lawrence to the Jags, Wilson to the Jets, Fields to the Niners, and Falcons taking Trey Lance. With Matt Ryan's restructure, it looks like Lance is a perfect fit for a project quarterback, and the price for a bison-sized question mark is probably going to be higher than Peyton wants to spend. That leaves Mac Jones presumably left at nine. Sorry, Zach. It doesn't look like the Broncos are interested. Assuming Sewell presumably goes five Bengals and pits six to the Dolphins, I think the odds are that the Broncos trade back to the mid-teens and draft a cornerback or linebacker. What say you? So, guys, here's the board. Mac Jones is there, um, and no other quarterback is there. What are the Broncos doing at nine? Hmm. Trade back. Trade. I think they're trading down with uh... – with Chicago, Washington, or New England, and uh, it's going to be okay. Who, who's got the best offer? If if that happens, I really, really hope that the Broncos are in position to extract the future first round pick. That that's that's the goal. And if it and whatever gets you the most in terms of like day one, day two capital, in uh, perhaps in twenty twenty two, that's the deal that you go with. If they don't, uh, if they can't get a first round pick, then. Uh, I'd say, I'd say, I'd say Stan Pat, uh, but I'd like to be able to move down. And uh, I think of those two spots, I'd say inside linebacker, I'd keep my eye on Jeremiah Wusukor, more of the coverage linebacker out of Notre Dame. Also, I think running backs possibility as well. They may really uh, be keen on Najee Harris there. Yeah. And I think, I think uh, if you can't get a first round pick back, uh, no matter where you're trading to, then you trade to 15 with the Patriots, let them get Mac, even though that scares the crap out of me, you let them do that. And then you get just because I don't think the Broncos would pick Mac I'm picking Mac, but I don't think the Broncos would. And then you pick JOK at 15 and you pick up an extra second round pick. You're feeling good. The George Payton way is in full effect here. I like it. I like it. Uh, next one here from Jason 17 new Monday series from yours truly every Monday will uh, be a quote from one of my three favorite shows, the office parks and record Brooklyn nine, nine uh, with a question relating to the quote. Here's the first one. Never half ass two things. Whole ass one thing from Ron Swanson. Uh, and of the three shows you mentioned there, parks and rec is my personal favorite. He says, would you rather, uh, would you rather Trevor Lawrence with his pedigree and talent who only puts in 50% effort or a guy such as Trevor Simeon or Brett Rippon who puts in 100% effort? Uh, I'll take half-assing two things here in relation to the I want, I want half-ass Trevor Lawrence over whole-ass Trevor Simeon. Hey, watch what you say about my guy. But yeah, I'm going the uh, Trevor Lawrence way as well. Oh. But we here we are him. back on the Trevor Lawrence only, you know, putting in half effort, which I don't, I mean, uh, I know that blew up the last few days, but uh, I think that I talent think... can take you a really long way mm-hmm. in sports and in the NFL. And I think that you can still have a very successful career when you're as talented as he is. Yeah. But 
I think that to reach the peak of the peak, which is obviously what you're hoping if you draft him the number one overall pick, I think you, you know, maybe you don't have to have a chip on your shoulder, but there just has to be something inside of you that's burning that wants to push you to the next level. And maybe that's just competitive nature, wanting to win. Um, and I'm not saying he doesn't have that, but I don't know. I, I didn't like it. I, it. It would concern me if I'm the Jags. Well, it's the whole thing that Bill Parcells once said, right? It's not a game for the, mo- for the most well-adjusted of people. And Trevor Lawrence appears to be very well-adjusted. But does that, that mean that maybe he isn't going to be all he can be? That maybe if there's a level that he's not willing to reach in terms of kind of being maniacal, does that mean he settles as like a top 10 quarterback rather than I think we can all agree if Trevor Lawrence reaches his ceiling, he's a, he's in the he's in the elite tier. Best of the Absolutely. best. A, a guy who gives you a chance to win the Super Bowl every season. Yep. Now, the, the, the other thing I'll say is just kind of hearing from you know, some of the things this high school coach has said doesn't expect that that's going to be a problem. And uh, certainly at Clemson, it wasn't a problem as well. But uh it's a big level jump to the NFL. It's still, I think he'll figure out what he has to do. And I think he will adjust accordingly. I think Trevor Simeon's ceiling is <laughs> Trevor Lawrence's floor about, you know, mm. 12 to 15 in terms of the top quarterbacks in the league. So I think if you're getting 50% Trevor Lawrence, you're probably getting, you know, maybe the 15th best quarterback, 12th best quarterback in the league where that's probably what Trevor's ceiling was uh, and, and is in the NFL. So there you, you take the 50% because if Trevor just lives a little bit above it, well, then you're getting better. As much yeah. as that kills me to say, I'm sorry, Trev. From Steve where did, is the, where did Trevor that? rank, by the way, in terms of like QBR for that uh, one magical year where he started 14 games? I have no clue. Oh, okay. yeah, I don't know that off the top of my head. <laughs> All right. I mean, look, uh, he's, let's see. Darn it. Won't, I'm trying to get it to be sortable, but he was. Trevor had an eight had a 49.7 QBR and an 84.6 passer rating. And that was as good as he got. So very uh, middle of the road at best. uh, Yeah, probably like a little bit below middle of the road. So maybe Trevor Lawrence Lawrence's floor is, is higher by a level than Trevor Simeon's ceiling. Uh, Or Trev just never got to experience his ceiling. It's true. All right, from Steve is the worst. Hey, guys, long time no comment. I hope all is well. First thing, I feel like every episode that opens with Zach and Mace is, what's up, friend? How are you doing? And I'm like, oh, I'm all right. I love it. Anyways, I'm not clear on how draft capital limitations work as far as trading go, but my friend seems to think that in in order to get field, the Broncos would have to trade someone three first-round picks. My response is he's a rookie, not Joe Montana. That's got to be way too much, right? Well, we talked here, about that in the first segment. A little yeah, bit. we yeah. did. But Steve, I think what you may be overlooking a little bit is how much the unknown is sexy and how much teams will pay for the unknown. Um, so while, yes, he's not Joe Montana, teams will pay a lot for a talent that is very unknown. And that's what these quarterbacks are as rookies. They're very unknown. And so that is very enticing and teams will give up a ton for it. But yeah, I, we, we don't think that the Broncos will trade three first round picks in order to move from nine to four. That would just be, I mean, you know, some people were saying three first round picks was going to be too much for Deshaun Watson. Ooh, right. That's a known commodity top five quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. <laughs> if, if they did that, I think the saddest people in the market would be Trey and Hank. 
<laughs> yes. Seriously. <laughs> yes. They would have to really dive into those late round gems, which they actually do a great job talking they do. about. They do. Um I three first is just uh, that's absurd. Um there is something to be said for the unknown. There is something to be said for the quarterback premium. But again, this is the fourth quarterback on the board we're talking about trading for. If it was the first or the second, three first round picks could potentially be palatable. And I even think Trey Lance, I think if you asked me today to rank him, I'd make Trey Lance my number two. But just from a, you know, a, a negotiation standpoint, the Broncos get a pull of the card of this is the fourth best quarterback on uh, that or the fourth quarterback off the board. We're not giving up three first round picks for him. If you love him, you do it though. I just don't think that 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 it, the price would be that high. Uh, so I don't think you would need to do that at all. Let me ask you guys this though: If the Broncos did trade up, do you think they would try to sell through various back channels that this quarterback was actually their QB one, even though he'd be the fourth quarterback on the board? I Absolutely. think they'd probably. Uh... <laughs> Uh, maybe, maybe. I think you you might get the realistic answer of he was second for yeah. behind Trevor Lawrence. If that's yeah, I, that's the thing, and I I would hope that if that comes up, that it's a real it's a realistic response because or yeah, they could say they never mm-hmm. even scouted Trevor Lawrence because they knew it wasn't a chance. So they could say he was we didn't have Trevor Lawrence on our board because we knew he was going number one. So. So well, but they, but they, they, the whole thing is they scout everybody. And I m- remember uh, even back in 2016, uh, they, they scouted Carson Wentz and they scouted Jared Goff. But uh, Elway at his pre-draft press conference that year basically said, yeah, we don't really have the capital to go from 32 to one or 32 to two. But yeah, that, it, it would be hard for me to believe that they didn't scout Trevor Lawrence, at least enough to have a report and say, yeah, he's our QB one. But they could spin it in a way like where they just say like, well, Trevor Lawrence wasn't on our board. So, yeah, he's the number one quarterback on our board. That would. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see it, guys. Every team gets their number one guy on draft day, right? Yeah, especially (laughs) or they could say like he was our number one realistic option or something like that, you know, like. Right, right. Next one coming in from D Bronk. How well do you think Broncos country will handle seeing Lance Fields or Jones having great success on other teams? Will the Boo Birds be even louder than ever if we're stuck watching Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke going three and out on a regular basis? Man, after all of this, I mean, we're talking, you know, we didn't mention it earlier when we were talking about um, the Broncos quietly being quarterback. Deshaun Watson, uh, obviously they were kind of in that sweepstakes before it came to an abrupt end. Um, Matthew Stafford and now all the draft buzz like Broncos fans have been dating quarterbacks all off season. Um, they don't want to go back to their ex anymore <laughs> or who they believe to be their ex already. Um, and that's, a, I'm worried about that for Drew. If he ends up being the quarterback of this team, it's not even going to be like, just be better than last year. It's going to be like, you better be damn good or people are going to lose their minds. Yep. Yeah. Do you guys, you guys saw draft day, right? Or Zach, yep. oh, Zach we did. We saw it together. Yeah. We did. We All right. Yeah. Okay. How do you think Cleveland fans in that film really would have felt about running it back with Brian, with Brian drew when they probably all the moment that that Sonny Weaver Jr. moved up, they all had their hearts set on Bo Callahan. Yeah, 
It, it would have been a tough sell. That's that's the part that's you know in the midst of the happy ending, it's like oh you know hey great we got you know we got Vontae Mack, we got uh, Ray Jennings Jr., we got all of our and we got almost all of our picks back, and we got David Effing Putney <laughs> as, the, <laughs> as the punt returner. Um, but I'm I'm looking at like at the sell like at the thinking about Browns fans and like okay yeah. Probably a lot of them, the moment that they thought they could get Bo Callahan, were like, oh my God, we can get Bo Callahan, number one, number one quarterback in the draft. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. That's the part. I, I'm guessing that, uh, what is it? Is it Browns Nation? It's Dog or Dog the Nation, dog right? Or... Dog. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't yeah. know. Guessing they that uh, they wouldn't have been as pleased as it might have seen seemed in the happy ending of the movie, but I digress. Yeah. yeah. The dogs would have been barking, that's for sure. That's what I mean in the sense of just like Broncos fans have they've divorced True Lock already. Um not all of them. I'd say probably about there's a solid 30 to 35% that are like really they really want to see him run it back with them. Yeah. Still. The whole like people are so dug in on their side of this, which I just I mean that's just takes in 2021, right? Like you yeah. can't be half in on anything. You have to like go all in. I, I feel like I'm half in. Like I'm like, yeah, I like the idea of drafting a quarterback. I also am not done with Drew Locke yet. Um, you know, but I fully acknowledge if Drew's the starting quarterback, the leash from the fan base is going mm-hmm. to be short to non-existent. Yeah, and I think it could be short, very short for the Broncos as well, just because of how much other outside research they've done about trying to bring in another quarterback. And guys, uh, that makes me think, and I think this is a very quick answer, but what's your percentage that the Broncos take a quarterback if they do trade up? I mean, is it 100% that it's for a quarterback? 100%, but even if they don't trade up, I feel like everyone's kind of gotten their hopes up that they will trade up. So there's oh, going to yeah. be a dis- there's a disappointment level that's going to come in that they don't trade up and they don't get a quarterback. So they're going to end up trading back. And- uh, imagine if they <laughs> trade up for Kyle Pitts. Oh, and I, I love mean, Kyle Pitts. It would but- be a real. They would throw the fan base for a real loop. Oh <laughs> yes, they would. Well, that's why I like screwing around with the mock drafts and just doing these these ridiculous trade ups and then trying to get all my picks back as I trade back because I think to myself, what would that be like? Imagine if the Broncos trade up to four, but then New England came with a ridiculous offer and said, like, okay, we'll give you we'll give you three years of first and second round picks to go from fifteen to four, and the Broncos took to and Broncos took it. Imagine the whiplash of Broncos country at that point. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> I, I there's a part of me that would want to see it just because it would be crazy to watch, but I also don't want Bronco fans to endure that. So you know, you can, uh, on DraftKings Sportsbook, you can get the Broncos' first pick of the draft to be a kicker, punter, or long snapper at plus 50,000 odds. <laughs> wow. Are you recommending throwing a couple dollars on that? Uh, I don't think there's a, a Roberto Aguayo for them to uh, screw this up with this year. So No. Yeah, I, I don't think uh, yeah. I think that would be wasted money. It would be funny, though. <laughs> it um, certainly would be. <laughs> for like a day until he realized what it meant for the future of the Broncos. Um <laughs> From Johnny G, greetings, gents. I'm officially post-jab one. It's true leaf to be moving in the right direction as we move closer to the draft. Feels like taking a QB in the first is a real possibility. 
I'm interested to see who the Broncos consortium is. Is that the word there, Mace? Um, hang on here. It is uh, consortium. Yes, consortium. Uh, Their group is at Trey Lance's second pro day. After the brain trust has taken in the pro day, if the Broncos have fallen in love with either Fields or Lance, do you think it's more likely we would trade up uh, before draft day? or on draft day to say who's available for the taking. Thanks for all you guys do. Johnny G, this was, a, you know, our lead conversation in the first segment. Yeah, so you definitely enjoyed it. And the answer is, if it's Lance or Fields, you wait till draft day. If it's Lance and Fields, boom, deal done today. Next one coming in from DTL. Hey, guys. So all this stuff about if the scheme does this or that, well, we obviously know it holds players back and costs games. As I recall during the post-game interview, after the Titans game, Fant was asked what happened after he didn't see the ball during the second half, and he said the game plan changed. And the same thing the next game against Pittsburgh. So here's my question. Who is in control of that? Why would you be defending him, calling him middleman of the road, offensive coordinator, when any sane person would not be making changes that are working sorry for the rant just don't see any hope behind this guy uh, yeah i mean uh, my feelings on pat Shermer have been well publicized on this podcast <laughs> um i i i mean he made the offense worse like I, I don't know like at least from the standpoint of the personnel and the fit it just was a it was a rough experience last year um but, you know, they did have some moments. Um, I think we got, what, two 30-point games? Um, so, you know, there were a couple steps in the right direction. Uh, I just I, – I have a really hard time trusting him with a rookie quarterback. It's my biggest – my biggest pause when it comes to, you know, the Broncos taking a quarterback in the first round. Um, but maybe I've been too hard on him. Well, and I think the the answer or the defense for Pat Shermer is one experience, and I you know I think the the counterpoint to that would be well, just because you have experience doesn't mean it's good good experience and, and will help you in the future. But I think that's something the Broncos really like, and Vic Fangio likes, is that he can just say, Pat, you do the offense, I'll do the defense. I don't have to worry about you. I think Vic really really likes that. Uh, and another thing is, you can make the argument that. What, what's the most talent that Pat Shermer has had at quarterback? Um, the talent really isn't up there. I mean, Drew Locke may be the most talented guy that Pat Shermer has had, and we know Drew Locke was a second-round pick. Uh, and then you also look at what he was able to do with Case Keenum uh, back when, when he was with the Vikings. That's something that may give people hope. But, I mean, the, these things aren't, like, incredible things. It's not like Case Keenum was a success story for 10 years after that or anything. Yeah, the other thing also, I mean, obviously not the same personnel, but uh... – they did go from 29th to 23rd in total offense last year. They did they did score more points than they did the previous year. And the other thing is, when you're making those halftime adjustments, some it's not really saying okay, well, no same person would do this. A lot of times at halftime, you're trying to anticipate what the opponent's adjustment is going to be. And I know it seems obvious. Say okay, you just kind of do what you're doing uh, until. And until they stop it, but sometimes you're anticipating what the opponent is going to do to, to counter that. And you're trying to be one step ahead. So you're trying to be proactive rather than reactive. I know it didn't work, but that's, it didn't work in that instance, for example, in week one, but it's something that 
uh, the, the most offensive coordinators do try to kind of think of, they're trying to think of it chess wise and be kind of one move ahead. But sometimes that one move ahead that you make is overthinking it and the wrong one. And you could say, for example, in that case, that was one example where thinking one move ahead was the wrong play. Yeah, I guess, you know, I, I was too harsh to say he made the offense worse because like you said, they moved up in points per game. I think from a expectation point though, they underachieved um, more than they were, than they did before. I mean, injuries make this tough, a tough comparison, but if I told you before the season, um, you know, they add Melvin Gordon, they add Jerry Judy, they add KJ Hamler um, and they get a second year drew lock. And they also get a, a pro bowl caliber left tackle and Garrett Bowles. I think you would have said, uh, I expect them to move up more than six spots, right? Yeah, they also lose, but they Cortland lose Cortland Sutton Sutton. as well, basically. Yes. And uh, I mean, Jawan James is a wash because you went from having him for three games to having him for, for no games. And Zero, uh, maybe yeah. you can also say, all right, yeah, it, you downgraded at center when you went from Connor McGovern to Lloyd Cushenberry, putting a rookie in there right away. But it, yeah, in general, it's fair to say in general, had better raw tools to work with than Rich Gangrello did the previous year. And I mean, so guys, what, what we're seeing is if the Bron with all the interest the Broncos have had in a, in a rookie quarterback, if they go rookie quarterback in the first round, we are seeing from the organization that they are saying that wasn't because of Pat Shermer. That was because of Drew Locke. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, that's why like he's, his opinion is being valued here. I mean, it is. there is a, very clearly a lot of respect for him in that building, whether it's coming from Vic Fangio, John Elway, George Payton, or all three, uh, you know, people have his back over there. Mm-hmm. They certainly do. They certainly do. And that's why he's getting a big input here. From Mike1809, hey, guys, this was the best three-ring circus yet. I loved it. Melvin was a champ. It was so cool getting to know him better through the prod, through the pod. Great guest. While I'm still salty about Phil no longer being a Bronco, I'm really pulling for Melvin this season. But the best part of the circus was the shout-out to Miami of Ohio. I graduated from Miami in 2013, and I'm a proud alum. In fact, the 1809 in my name is because Miami U was founded in 1809. Those of us that went to Miami will often say Miami was a university when Florida still belonged to Spain. I must have looked like a crazy person when Ryan and Mace were trying, or when when Ryan and the guests were trying to guess Zach Dysert. I was listening to the pod while grocery shopping and was grinning ear to ear and wanting to shout Zach Dysert for all of Aldi to hear. Great stuff. Thank you. So, so glad you enjoyed it. Okay, quick football question. We're in the midst of an evaluating quarterbacks, and I'd love your take on what metrics matter the most in your evaluation. We've got QBR, PFF, touchdown to interception ratio, plus all the intangibles that you guys pick up when watching a play. What, when evaluating a quarterback, which of these evaluation tools matter the most? We're talking about evaluating college quarterbacks or pro quarterbacks. I think because I think uh, you're, you're kind of looking at some different stuff because with college quarterbacks, you do have to account, account for level of competition. You have to account for, um, you know, what, what, what scheme they're working with uh, more so than in the pros, like with the pros, for example, I would say, let's go college since that's what we're doing. A college, a college. I'm, I think, you're looking at uh, kind of deeper into some PFF stuff. Like I think, for example, you're looking at adjusted completion percentage on, on pro football focus. You're also looking at the, uh, uh, the number, how, you know, 
how often he puts it downfield and kind of factoring of that because you don't want a guy who's you know got an adjusted completion percentage that's really high but it's all short to intermediate stuff and you're also looking at things like uh what do they do when they get to their second and their third read uh more you know more so and that's uh, that's why you, you don't have to see it very often but you just have to see that the guy can do it that's something that's important to me and also something that i've learned over the years i always like to see how a quarterback reacts to mistakes so what do they do after a bad game what do they do after an interception does one mistake become two or three Jameis winston for example that was one thing that really made me nervous about him because when he would have an interception if it would it would become two or three giveaways kind of in a short span happened against florida happened in the rose bowl uh, for him as well and that's something that kind of proved to be a precursor to what he turned into way back Benny Testaverde kind of the same thing coming out of Miami so I want to see how they rebound like Justin Fields for example very impressed with how he had his best game after his worst game so Mace I agree with you that there are a lot of things that you look at but Mike 1809 from Miami wants to know the one thing what what is the one thing if you only got to know one thing when evaluating college quarterbacks man I hate to say it like well he said which matters I, I hate doing one thing yeah, it is um, tough. But I would actually say kind of the the resilience factor, the ability to make a mistake and forget about it. That's actually kind of one thing that I like I really kind of to to look for cuz everybody's going to screw up, but can you forget about it? Um Jameis Winston can't for, couldn't forget about it. It's something that uh, has plagued him. Trevor Lawrence pretty good job at compartmentalizing and forgetting about it. Justin Fields Good job at compartmentalizing, forgetting about it, and moving on. Trey Lance, frankly, not really enough mistakes on his NDSU mm-hmm. film to get a feel for that. There's really one shaky game that he's had, and that was the Central Arkansas game that our friend the Big T will bring up. Yeah. Um, man, you know, Zach, you and uh, longtime listeners will remember this one. My most important tool when evaluating a quarterback – the face punch test. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so how do how these five res- quarterbacks stack up? Okay, let's see. How are they going to respond if they get punched in the face? Um, Trevor Lawrence, I feel like, does well on this test. He's, yeah. He looks like he has a little bit of, you know, a little bit of uh, a-hole in him if he needs to bring it out. Well, um, haven't we heard that he's such an a-hole just like playing pickup basketball at Clemson? Oh, we have heard yeah. that. Yeah, yep. yeah, he's he's high on the face. He he might be the best. <laughs> uh, There's the chip on the shoulder we're looking for. Then, right? He does. He has a yeah, little bit of he... heel in him. I know. I like it. Um, <laughs> Zach Wilson, not good on this. I mean, no. his face is already so pretty that he would be very <laughs> upset that he got punched in it. Um, I feel like he would pull the like, "Are you kidding me?" Like yeah, while he's like yeah. holding. His face. Oh my god, a tooth! Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is it a punctable face though? Uh not really. It's a yes. baby face. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the thing. It's like there's a punctable face and there's getting punched in the face. And I mean, Zach looks like he's about 12. I mean, he does. Like, yeah, how yeah. can't I I can't I don't want to punch him in the face? He's he looks so nice. He does. <laughs> uh Justin Fields. Definitely, you don't want to punch him in the face. Yeah. Um, oh, 
He's I feel coming. like if, yeah. I feel like if you punch him in the face, it's going to end the worst for you out of all these quarterbacks. Um, yeah, that helps him in this. Might even re- pop him up to number one in the rankings. Trey Lance, I have a really hard time getting a read on on him when I talk about the face punch test. I mean, he's he's <laughs> yoked. Um, he's probably the most defined out of all of these guys. So that helps him. But he he also has a little bit of like a baby face. He looks so nice. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I don't know. I have I don't know about that one. Um, I'm gonna have to do somewhere some more, in the middle. I'm gonna have to watch some more yeah. interviews, see if I can get a better read on how he reacts in the Facebook sense. Mac Jones, I don't know why. I just imagine like he has like a bunch of friends around him who just take care of it for him. <laughs> He's got that Alabama offensive line. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> see, I think Justin's got the guys that would help him, but I think he'd be, you know, Justin Fields if he's punching the field, face. I feel like guys would rally to him, but he is like the general leading the charge up the hill. This. Yeah, he's like, yeah, you're, yeah. If you want to come with me, great. I, I'm firing first. Well, and he's tough yeah. as nails. We, yeah. we know that. No kidding. Yeah, he that, like that is something that he really has going for him. Like he is so tough. Um, he's gritty. He's got like I don't know. I mean, the fact that this dude like took that hit and was able to play like he's he's got a, a characteristic that you don't realize you need until you until they're your quarterback right mm-hmm. um where you need a guy who's just gonna stand in there take hits get right back up go out there he's like he's got like a bloody forehead he doesn't care like that is a it's it's not quantifiable but when you have it you love it and when your quarterback doesn't have it you can feel it yep yeah, no, I I absolutely love that, and and it is important. I mean that that's a guy that is always going to be able to rally his teammates without a doubt. Um, and so Ryan, yours is kind of hard to to quantify. Like you said, I'll go with one that's extremely easy to quantify. And of course, this is a small piece of the puzzle, but I'll just take it. Uh, touchdown to interception ratio shows me decision making right there, and. All of these five guys are very, very, very good with that. Um, of course, Trey Lance didn't throw an interception the one full year that he played in Central Arkansas. He had a couple. Uh, Mac Jones, fantastic. Justin Fields, fantastic. Trevor Lawrence, fantastic. And you're probably thinking, well, yeah, every first-round quarterback does. Well, Daniel Jones didn't. <laughs> I mean, he was at like two and a half to one, which is nowhere close to these guys. I mean, most of these guys are like 10 to one in college. Yeah. Daniel Jones had a fumbling problem too. I mean, I, the thing that kind of scared me about, uh, about DJ coming out of Duke was just how many giveaways he was accountable for. Oh, and he Overall, absolutely he... failed the face punch test. <laughs> yeah. he, but the, the test he passed was, can he do interviews like Eli Manning? Because I remember, did you guys talk to him down at the Senior Bowl that oh, year? Bro, he was there. It, it was a whole podcast. <laughs> I mean, it was just, we, we chatted with him and, and uh, myself and uh, Steve Atwater and Ryan Edwards. And then we, we get done with the conversation. Like, oh my God, did we just talk to Eli? It was just like, yeah. We should have known right then and there that Gettleman was going to have the man crush <laughs> on him <laughs> and make him a giant because well, and, and it was apparent. Sh- and then he sh- his agents shut down all further interviews. Yeah, it was bad because bad he was luck. getting killed by the media. Um, it was, yeah, it was all one big cluster, you know. Yeah. What. And he still uh, went in uh, the top 10. All it takes is one team to love you. I thought that was his kiss of death, was yep. that whole debacle. Um, 
All right, and before we move on, a shout-out to our friends over at Breckenridge Brewery, one of our longest-standing partners and one of your your all-favorite partners to support because you get to support DNVR while drinking delicious beers and, of course, now drinking delicious Celsius, the official beer and the official Celsius of DNVR. Uh, we're getting close. You know, we got the DNVR golf tournament coming up this weekend, which, by the way, just filled up. Uh, shout-out to everyone who made that happen. I couldn't be more stoked with that i had no idea what to expect when it came to uh the the turnout for that and it's going to be amazing and breckenridge brewery will be on the course with us of course we'll have uh, all you know your choice of some breck brews in the cooler you can bring some with you you know all of the best ways uh to get your breck brews and of course you're gonna have to have these celsius as the weather warms up uh this weekend looks like it's gonna it's gonna get back there uh, thankfully just in time for the golf tournament. So make sure you check out Breckenridge Brewery, check out the new seltzers and whatever your favorite b- type of beer is, make sure you check out Breckenridge's version of it. Cause I guarantee you're going to love it. And make sure to check out our friends, Mike in Virginia Chevalier over at Chevalier mortgage. They've been part of our awesome family for a very long time as DNVR members, and they've been a big time supporter and we're a big time supporter of them. So if you need anything when it comes to, to getting a mortgage for a new home, whether you want to refinance Mike and Virginia are the people to call and you can even give Virginia a call directly right now at 303-257-6578 or visit them at dnvrmortgage.com. And when you do that, you not only get an opportunity to get a free consultation with them, but you get a chance to enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat when you do. And with your home being one of your largest assets, probably your largest, and your mortgage your largest debt, they believe it is vital to consider your full financial picture when purchasing a home. This includes considering your short-term and long-term planning goals, your investments, and your tax situation. They look at more than just a mortgage specifically. And the good thing is Mike is a certified financial planner, so he can can look at everything when it comes to your financial situation to get the best loan for your situation. So check them out at dnvrmortgage.com. Get set up with that free consultation. Get entered to win a free DNVR shirt or hat when you do. And go check them out at dnvrmortgage.com. Michael Chevalier, NMLS 1931006. Virginia Chevalier, NMLS 1910631. Also want to tell you about the perks of being a DNVR member, of course. We love that you're writing with us here on the podcast. But if you want to comment on the podcast, oh, Think about uh, joining the DNVR fam. And it's more than just being able to comment on the podcast. Of course, you get our written content that we're cranking out uh, uh, throughout, throughout the week. And anytime there's there's Broncos news, not just what we're doing. Of course, it's the written content we've got on the Avs, the Nuggets, the, the Rockies, the Buffs, the CSU Rams. It's all around Denver coverage, uh, Denver sports coverage. You're not going to find anywhere else it's our members only discord where you can talk about denver sports and really anything going on in sports without having to deal with the politics and the other crap that you might have to put up with out there and twitter and social media channels in the discord you can talk with 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 hosts and diehard fans like yourself after i uh, i got the word from a source with knowledge about the uh, broncos not Having yet made a call to the Falcons, I just went ahead, put a little thing on on Discord, kind of chimed in and uh, had a chance to uh, have some messages with fans as well. Hopefully I can uh, get on over there more and more. And we always try to check out our Discord whenever we can. And then also you get a free DMVR shirt with an annual membership. You get weekly member deals in the DMVR locker. And if you come on down to the DMVR bar, you're going to get a big beer for the price 
of a tiny beer. And guess what? We have a fun new perk coming up for the next 300 new members. If you sign up to become an annual DMVR member, not only do you get a free shirt of your choice from the DMVR locker, but you will also get a Recover Holistic Stick from Holistic Wellness. What's that, you ask? Well, Holistic Wellness is all about the CBD. And the stick we will sing, you packs 10 milligrams of CBD, and this one is focused on recovery. You pop the top of the stick, pour in any drink, stir and consume. These are amazing. So check out the reviews if you want to find out about Holistic at holisticwellness.com. That's H-O-L-I-S-T-I-K wellness.com. And if you want to order from Holistic, check out holisticwellness.com and use that magical code DMBR30 and get 30% 30 off. So you become a member, you get a membership, free DMVR shirt, a holistic stick, and then you get a coupon for, for a discount. It's a banger of a deal. We suggest using your DMVR 30 code on that sampler pack. So head on over to the, D, the DMVR.com today, become a member of our family. And with all of that, the wellness stick, the coupon, the t-shirt, you know what? Membership is going to pay for itself right away. So come on and join the family here at the DMVR.com. All right, next one coming in here from Danberg. It says, hey, guys, can we show some love to the 2018 Broncos real quick? Do we have to? Uh, he <laughs> well, says, why 2018? <laughs> he says, just looking at the roster, I was surprised how good the roster was. The Ed Rusher room was stocked. Vaughn, Rookie Chubb, Shaq, Shane Ray. The O-line had some legitimate depth to it. Paradis, Turner, McGovern, Bowles, Leary, Veldier, Wilkinson. Then you had Philip Lindsay going off in his rookie season with Royce Freeman being a great, great compliment to him in a receiver room where Cortland Sutton was the wide receiver three for most of the season. Then you look at the coaching staff. This is what gets me the most is the offensive line coaches. Sean Kugler and Chris Strausser are both great offensive line coaches. The Broncos had both of them on their staff. Clint Kubiak is now an OC and he was the QB coach of that team. And lastly, 2018 is the last time in years that the Broncos were actually somewhat relevant in December. If y'all remember, they were six and six heading into a stretch of winnable games. We're talking about a sleeper playoff team. Obviously, they fell apart at the end, but that was a pretty good team looking back. The first game against the Chiefs is the closest they've been to competitive with them in years, too. Oh, what has happened to us? (laughs) I mean, people call me an optimist. Dan, you may be the most optimistic person out there. I, I, uh, I envy your viewpoint of this, man. Our poor standards, they've dropped so low. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it is a team that produced some highlights, but oh yeah. man. I mean, really, lights. is this where we are? It was it was six and ten? Uh that 49er game that started that losing streak at the end of the season was as miserable a game as we've seen in the last few years. And oh, but and the other thing that okay, that 2018 team. It had talent. And you, you mentioned some of the ways in which it had talent. And you mentioned the coaching staff. But here's the problem. You had some complete brain fart in-game decisions. You, you go back to like the end-game management against Houston, against Cleveland. That's two games right there that you lost in large part because you didn't know how to manage an end-of-half or end-of-game scenario. It was just – it, and then it was – you know, hate to say it, but it was a team that should have been better. But Vance Joseph probably cost them two or three wins. Yeah. Also, Case Keenum missed a wide open Demarius Thomas on the whole yeah. shot uh, to beat the Chiefs. Um, so that one hurts as well. But yeah, I mean, I feel like the guy at the bar who, like, my friend's a couple drinks deep, he's been in a little bit of a slump. He just like comes up to me. He's like, Is she cute? And I'm like, No, bro. 
<laughs> that's how I feel about 2018. Not Maybe she has a good personality, but I'm not sure that team had a good personality. <laughs> no, they didn't. They fell apart. The funny thing is, I remember people saying that uh, Vance Joseph could be coach of the year if uh, the Broncos made the playoffs that year, sitting at six and six. What a remarkable turnaround. And instead, he was fired. Oh, man. It, really, after that 49er game when George Kittle ran riot for a half. The rest of the season's like, you know, what are we waiting for here? Just. Yeah. For some reason, I'm like kind of mad that George Kittle didn't get the record in that game. Like, you don't really want that record on your head, but I was there. At least I could say like, oh, yeah, I saw the best receiving game, you know, by a tight end ever. But here's the problem with that, that you'd be taking away a record from a Bronco. I know. Because, yeah. And that that was. And that was part of what bothered me even more about that game. It's like one of the one of the most treasured things is when you've got one of your core all-time players who holds a significant league record, and you're and you're going to be the team that allows that record to fall. I mean, I, if George Kittle you know puts up a number like that on the Cardinals, who you know what? Hey, good for him. If your defense not having no game plan, no scheme, no clue how to defend George Kittle. You're responsible for taking a record away from Shannon Sharp. Shame on you. (laughs) Well, no shame to be had because Kyle Shanahan said, well, don't worry. I'm not going to let that happen. And the second half, he made sure that that didn't get taken away from his friend Shannon Sharp by just not going to George Kittle at all. I wonder if his dad told him something. Hey, Kyle, um, you know, if, if George Kittle has another catch here, uh, one of my guys is going to lose a record. <laughs> then George Kittle should demand a trade if that's what would have, have happened. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I would tell uh, my dad that he's no longer invited to dinner. Yeah. <laughs> Next one from Ozzy wants the stash. I've watched this team since the seventies bleed orange and blue the whole time suffered through four consecutive Super Bowl losses, but stuck it out till back to back wins and beyond Elway wasn't the greatest general manager in our history, but the team is so close now Peyton's moves are looking so good. And now we are on the hour of one of the biggest decisions in about 11 days, new quarterback or stay the course. It may define us for years to come as Lawrence and Wilson are unlikely to be in play who would each of you hook your cart to out of fields lance and jones for our future or do you trust lock more you can only pick one listeners feel to speak feel free to speak your piece here too well i think we already answered this for the most part um mace would go fields i would go lance and you would go mac jones yep there we go or would you or would you (laughs) Man, I mean, it's it's so hard because I just know that Mac isn't in the Broncos plan. So for the Broncos, knowing these constraints, yeah, it, it yeah. is Lance. Me personally, though, guys, there's a big argument in, in my head that it Mac would be number two on my board. And I and I'm getting I'm getting close to finalizing my board, but mm-hmm. he I mean he really is up there for me because most important thing is is the mind and he's got that. So yeah, right you now know, you know what I'll say it he's my number two. There you like go. Maybe like he's it. maybe he's Kyle Shanahan's number two as well, and that maybe. might be exactly what the Broncos want most. 
Yes, absolutely. And for the Broncos, I, I want that as well. Uh, I want yeah. Mac to go number three because I think it's a great place for Mac. Uh, and then also, uh, he, the Broncos aren't going to take him. So that just helps more quarterbacks slide to them that they'll be able to take. Exactly. Very true. Count Locula. There seems no better time than an offseason of lies and deceit to read Smoke by Henry David Thoreau. Light wing smoke, Icarian bird, melting thy pinions in thy upward flight. Lark without song and messenger of dawn, circling above the hamlets as thy nest. Or else departing dreaming shadowy form of midnight vision, gathering up thy skirts by night star veiling and by day darkening the light and blotting out the sun. Go thou my incense upward from this hearth and ask the gods to pardon this clear flame. I feel like I'm in high school English right now. And that was like a horror place for me. Now, now we got to break the poem down into its true meaning, right? Thoreau, Thoreau is solid, but uh, mm. my favorite poet is Colin for Mullins. <laughs> Where are you, Colin? Speaking of uh, the 49ers and uh, man, what they've done to the Broncos. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But he oh. was the quarterback of that game. <laughs> yeah. Nick Mullins. Oh, oh my God, you really almost let Nick Mullins do it to you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but do you remember? I don't know if this happened on your on your guys's podcast before I came aboard, but in that off season, dealt with some questions. People saying, "Hey, you're bringing aboard Rich Gangarello. Why not go get Nick Mullins?" Yeah. Oh yep. my gosh, really, guys? <laughs> I mean, he would have been a much better backup than Jeff Driscoll. Well, <laughs> yes, but I talking about him being the starter in 2019 although could he have been worse than joe flacco probably not i think that uh nick mullins somehow has like the most yards through five starts of anyone in ml in nfl history or something like that <laughs> yeah he does have something crazy and uh that just thinking about nick mullins in that game just reminds me that he uh, the Bron- the broncos quarterback or the bronco they let a quarterback that had a terrible wikipedia profile picture beat them it's a little yeah. better now. It but, is better um, now. <laughs> let me ask you guys this. We talk about, oh, Alex Smith isn't available, and so they have to trade for a quarterback. What if the quarterback they bring into the room is Nick Bullens? <laughs> that I better mean, be their third move at He's a free agent. He's their... out there. Oh. I'll take him over Jeff Driscoll any day. Oh, I would, too. I mean, if that's, if that's my choice. <laughs> but who wins the competition between Nick Mullins and Brett Rippon? Mullins. Yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> I think the point of Count Locula posting that was just for us to keep our uh, our ears perked for smoke screens. Yes, yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. From Craig L. Long time no comment. Let's keep it short. Why is everyone so sure it's Wilson to the uh, to the Jets at two and not Fields? Uh, the Jets don't really have any reason to hide what they're doing, and it seems like they've been pretty open about it being Wilson. <laughs> It is interesting how much of a sure thing that does feel, though. I mean, I, I feel like everyone's just set on those two being one and two. Are, are you guys, like, pretty positive about it? I haven't really given anything else any thought in weeks. Right, yeah. I mean, I, I agree. I, I actually wouldn't think it would be Wilson at two. I think if someone – or uh, Fields at two. I think if someone's going to take over um, Wilson going to, I think it's going to be Trey Lance. Man, that would be remarkable. I think if there was a combine – that sort of thing might be possible. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. 
Next one coming uh, in from but- Beham Bronco. Happy Monday, guys. I hope your week is off to a great start. The draft is approaching. If you're George Payton, how do you approach the running back position? You have a highly paid starter. Backups already in place with Rolls-Royce, Mike Boone, and Avante Bellamy, and a few other depth pieces. Do you grab a complimentary back, a dynamic pass catcher, a speedy gadget dude? Can't wait to hear what you think. Also, debate time. Green sauce or red sauce on your enchiladas? I've been known to go Christmas style once in a while. That's both sauces. Um, I'm such a sauce guy that I can never choose between the sauces. But if I'm forced to choose, I'm going green. Wow, going green. I mean, the red sauce is typically called like enchilada sauce. So I'm going to stick with like the OG right there. I'm going enchilada sauce. I'm going red. I just green sauce always just has a little bit more flavor, a little more, I don't know, pizzazz to it. Mm. A little more, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's also a little more Colorado, it seems like, than red sauce. I and don't know. You guys just made me crave an Efren's burrito. I'm so hungry. Yeah. <laughs> this, this has got to wrap up so we can go eat some Hassle Cattle Company burgers, some burritos. Smothered. Oh, man. <laughs> hungry. Hungry. Uh, what would you guys do at running back? Well, I think one thing that Beham Bronco is leaving out is going and getting a stud running back, whether it's at the end of the first or if one of those first round guys falls to the second. I think that's also in play here, uh, although it's not a need for this year. But Melvin is only under contract for one more season. But what I think the Broncos do is I think they get someone on day two. Um, that that can be at least a good, a very good second running back this year with the chance to turn into your one after this year. Then this year, if you realize, okay, he's probably just going to be a number two running back, then if you want, you can sign Melvin Gordon up for the long term after this, or you can hit the draft again next year. Yeah, and it's funny, like before we did this podcast, uh, early this morning, I did one of the uh, mock draft simulators and I was sitting there at pick 71, and I have my choice of Trey Sermon from Ohio State, Khalil Herbert of Virginia Tech, Michael Carter, North Carolina. I'm not sure you can go wrong with any of those guys as far as being a running back, too. Went slight uh, edge to Michael Carter. He's a good receiving back as well. Went with him. But uh, those are three guys that can help you out. My brain Man, wants it. to put my brain wants to put Williams on the end of his name so badly. Every time I hear Michael Carter. <laughs> yes. Yes. Mace, you, you are officially Mr. Mock draft guy now. Well, I was really proud of this mock draft guys because not only was I able to move, to move up to number six and get Trey Lance, Justin Fields actually went off the board number two, but I was able to recover the second round pick that uh, the future second and third round picks that I gave up to move from nine to six in a deal that when I moved down from four, from 40 to 54, and I still got Jameen Davis at 54 at linebacker. Now I don't know how realistic that is in actually happening, but I mean, if you gave, if somehow you had a top two of the draft, that was Trey Lance and Jameen Davis, I think most of Broncos country be doing cartwheels. Typically yeah, when people say, I don't know. <laughs> That's, I Sorry, was pretty Ryan, proud go. of my latest mock draft where I traded back to number 32 and got Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> ah. and, you, and you picked up like five first round picks in doing so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, they have got, they have made those simulators slightly more realistic. Mm. 
And I haven't been as hard on them this year because last year I was dunking on them for always letting Jerry Judy slip to me at 15, and then it happened in real life. So I, I can't be too much of a hater anymore. They, and they keep getting better. <laughs> yeah, they do. Next one coming in from some people call me the Space Cowboy. First-round quarterbacks from 2014 to 2019. Murray, starter. Jones, Drew Lockzone. Haskins, bust. Mayfield, starter. Darnold, career backup. Huh? Wow. Carolina would yeah. disagree. Yeah. Allen, starter. Rosen, bust. Jackson, starter. Trubisky, career backup. Mahomes, starter. Watson, almost in between, or almost in between with legal issues, but making him a bust. Wow. Goff, mm. career backup. Wentz, career backup. He says, I actually believe in Wentz, but anyway. Lynch, bust. Winston, career mm. back or career backup bowls or Bortles bust Manziel bust Bridgewater career backup starters six backup six bust five unknown one and Daniel Jones my point being first round quarterback isn't a slam dunk and a mistake could set us back for years Paxton Lynch anyone yeah I mean this is, everyone knows this like the <laughs> it's a huge risk but you could do this with a lot of positions it's just the draft is a huge risk you have to take risks um, and the, the main thing I will say that this points out is the chances of Lawrence Fields, Wilson, Lance and Jones all being good is like one in a million. Like it, it just, it's just not going to happen. At least one of them is going to be a bust, probably two of them. And if the, and if this is any indication, it's probably going to shake out something along the lines of, Two of them become starters. Two of them become career backups. One of them becomes a bust or something along that lines. And that's, that's a scary thing. That's definitely a scary thing. But, you know, sometimes you do get these historic classes. Maybe this turns out to be one of them where you get a bunch of starters out of it. Um, it's just it, – you can't look at it like – I don't like looking at it as all five of these guys are great. I'd take any, any of them because I just don't think it's going to work out that way. Where was Blake Bortles drafted? Was he like fourth overall, third overall? I believe he was third, if I'm not mistaken. So then according to some people call me the Space Cowboys list, he is the only top five pick that that was a bust, uh, according to him. So yeah. we are saying trade up to four. And then, you know, your odds improve a lot, at least according to uh, the data from the past since 2014. And but really, I mean, I mean, I, I like to have a little bit larger of a, of a sample size, so... I've been going kind of by the 15-year sample size, and really top 12, you're basically looking at a 50% chance in the top 12 of finding a quarterback that is worthy of being the long-term guy. And, yeah. and obviously, you know, there are some – we're talking about some being elite. Josh Allen is elite. Patrick Mahomes elite. And then some being on that, that next tier, kind of uh, a Matt Ryan, someone who's been – he's an MVP. Um, Cam Newton was an MVP, like, some, like a couple of guys that I think are probably kind of right now in that next tier are Kyler Murray, number one overall 2019, Baker, Baker Mayfield. And, and so, again, you're basically looking at about a coin flip, relatively speaking, of finding somebody that is worthy of that second contract and basically worthy of building your franchise around. But you can't be scared. Right, no, you can't. But, but now, you can be choosy. And so, mm -hmm. you know, if you don't love Trey Lance or Justin Fields, then don't do it. But you can't be scared. You can't say, man, I really love this guy. But if, we, if we're wrong here, it's going to set us back so much. You have to eventually try. Um, so if you love a guy, go get him. Yep.
I I totally totally agree. Next one from the Danimal in defense of Zach Tampa for the win. Zach, you killed the draft. Don't let those haters tell you otherwise. Of the three NFL cities in Florida, I totally picked Tampa over the other two. Miami is, is too expensive for a road trip. Jacksonville is too trashy. And Raymond James Stadium is such a great place to watch a game. You killed it, Zach. Enjoy the gold medal. Thank you, Danimal. I am I am really enjoying my okay. first dub. It feels so good to be a champion, especially with, you know, Mace's town on my side for the dub. All right, let's talk about that stadium because I have some personal experience at Raymond James. Um, it's a very good stadium to go, to go to if you're going at night or you're going in like late November, December, January. The problem is there is absolutely no cover from the sun there. And if you go early in the season, you're going to roast. And at least Miami Stadium, the thing that they did with Hard Rock and that renovation that was so terrific was they put canopies over virtually the entire stadium. So unless you happen to be one of those poor, unfortunate souls sitting down low on the east sideline, you're in the shade. And that makes a hell of a lot of difference in terms of the game day experience uh, in Miami compared to Tampa, even though Tampa's got the pirate ship. All you need is enough cold beers to keep you cool. Um, Alcohol doesn't help you there, RJ. (laughs) (laughs) does for me. You need water, man. You need water. Well, eventually you get to the point where you need water for sure. Um, (laughs) Congrats, Zach. Good job. Uh, You put together a great team. Um, you took the party cities and we should have known that was the way to go. <laughs> Why? Well, thank you. Like I said, I was playing for the dub and so good thing I got the dub and, uh, I, I appreciate it guys. It's got the two, 2% edge on Mace on this one. Yes. Yeah, so a very slight win, but a win nonetheless from Brent G. What's up my guys. I haven't commented in a minute, but I figured I'd reintroduce myself as I got myself all lined up to get crushed by you guys in the red zone this week. I'm pumped. I had a Broncos question all typed out, but I was listening to the pod and Mace answered my question before I could finish. Shocker. Sorry. Look, look forward to meeting you guys. We'll hopefully get to meet some more of the DNVR fam. When I move to Denver here in a few weeks, cheers, fam. Brent. Let's go, Brent. Can't wait to meet you and welcome to Denver. You'll love mm-hmm. it. You're going to love it here. And you're probably, you know, two, if you're coming in two weeks, you'll probably, I'm crossing my fingers here, dodge the bad weather. Uh, and just go right into the good stuff. Oh, I hope you didn't jinx it. We we always have those Mother's Day snowstorms, man. So, uh, I don't know. I mean, we're talking about three to six inches tonight. This isn't just a dusting. We're getting snow tonight. And it's flat out oh, cold out there right now. I mean, if you, oh, it's miserable. Yeah, it, it feels like uh, feels like December out there at this point. I went out to take the trash out this morning. Terrible habit. I don't take the trash out until I hear the trash. The oh god <laughs> um and so i just like threw on i uh, like jumped out of bed threw on a t-shirt put on some shorts uh slipped on my shoes and ran outside and like i've never moved faster in <laughs> years when i felt how cold it was i was like what is this literally sprinting to get the thing out there so i could get back inside and crawl under the sheets 
It, it really is funny how, you know, everyone, especially when talking about Arizona, they're like, oh, it's a dry heat, you know, and a lot of people make fun of that. And, and some people stand by that. Today was a bone chilling, like wetness cold that I, we don't experience in Colorado often. Yeah, it's the problem is you fall for fake spring and your body starts to warm yeah. up and you want to wear the you want you got your warm clothes out of the closet and then a cold <laughs> like this hits and you're just not mentally prepared for it at all. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully we'll be able to survive. Yeah, I think we'll make it. Um, but like I said, it looks like it's going to heat up before uh, the DNVR golf tournament on Saturday. So that's what I'm keeping my fingers crossed for. Um, right now it says 70. So if that happens, I'll be a happy Ooh, man. Perfect. Before we get out of here, one final shout out to our friends over at MSU Denver online. You know the drill. 750 total classes there's something for everyone over at msu denver uh edu slash online and msu denver students work twice as many hours as students attending any other colorado institution so this is the perfect place for you to go and keep that job and finish off that degree that you've been wanting to do check them out msu denver.edu slash online but for today that's going to wrap it up on this edition of the dnvr broncos podcast we will talk to you tomorrow Flying cotton